to the Acostapod NFL podcast. It's time for another team season preview, and this time it's the Minnesota Vikings. With me, I've got a returning guest to the show. Back with me today is Lewis Benz. How are you, mate? Very well, mate. Great to jump back on with you. Always great to have you on. It was great meeting you for the first time in person. Uh, what was it, late July, late June maybe, uh, at the Fantasy Football event? Um, so yeah, it was nice to actually meet you in person. Yeah, mid-July um, for the Scott Fish Bowl at the, well, it was the day before the Fantasy Football event. And uh, yeah, it was a great evening, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good. It was nice to meet people as well. I mean, there's a few that I, like yourself, I met on Zoom via podcast, like Dan Hughes um, and a few others were there that I had never met in person, only via via Zoom. So it was it was nice to meet them for the first time in person, but also to just meet new people as well. Um, and I, I don't know how, how, how was your team then? How did your Scott Fishball team go? Were you happy with it? Uh, yeah and no. I mean, it was my first ever live draft, um, which adds a different dynamic to it as well. But um, yeah, it was a strange one. I obviously went Lamar 101, which sent the room a bit wild for a bit. And but it's just fun and you've got to take shots in a tournament that size. So yeah, it was, it was good though. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that's true, but I've got to um, have a little pop at Will Gavin here because he, I was torn between three players and he suggested Josh Jacobs and with a new just come out recently, um, he may not even play. So it's, um, yeah, I've got to, I think he, he's due to be coming on, hopefully, fingers crossed for our week one preview. So I will mention it to them, to him then, um, by his, is influencing make making me take Josh Jacobs and at the moment it looks like it's not gonna work out, but he may still play, you never know. Yeah, I think he will. Um I've seen something they were coming to an agreement as well. So he could be reporting soon for what's left of camp. We're only a couple of weeks away now from the real thing. Yeah, exciting times. When this podcast is released, it will be early sort of Tuesday or Wednesday after Bank Holiday weekend. So it'll be literally be a week and a half until the season starts. So it's very exciting times. Uh, and for the Vikings, in terms of the off-season general, um, the main outs, quite a lot of them, uh, quite a lot of long-term players that have left, such as Adam Thielen, the wide receiver, who's gone to the Panthers, linebacker Eric Kendrick, who's gone to the Chargers, uh, Pat, uh, Patrick Peterson's gone to the Steelers, the cornerback, Dalvin Cook has gone to the Jets, the running back, and Dalvin Thomason, your defensive tackle, has gone to the Browns. Other players include Irv Smith has gone to the Bengals, your tight end, and Darius Smith, who's only there for one year, but he's gone to the Browns. And the ends uh, in free agency include Byron Murphy, the cornerback via the Cardinals, linebacker Troy Reader from the Chargers, linebacker Marcus Davenport from the Saints, and wide receiver Brandon Powell from the Rams, as well as draftees such as Jordan Addison, wide receiver taken 23rd overall out of USC. Uh, cornerback Kai Blackman has been taken out of USC as well. Um, and then LSU safety Jay Ward went 134th overall amongst many other draft picks. So for you, Lewis, your overall thoughts on your team's offseason? I don't think it's been too bad. I was more concerned with the losses on defence than on offence because, you know, um, Adam Phelan and Dalvin Cook, as much as I personally loved both of them, um, from just a fan point of view and watching the game and like um I think they were both sort of almost past their peak a little bit. Um 
and more replaceable. But the losses on defence, like Eric Kendricks and massive player, Patrick Peterson had a great um, couple seasons there for the Vikings. And I think they were harder um, losses. And it was kind of like a domino effect one after the other. And I said, if Harrison Smith is next, I says, that is it. I'm done. I'm not watching no more because I love Harrison Smith. Um, but he did stick around, thankfully. And I think they've done okay getting Byron Murphy, and that's a great addition um, to the secondary. And Davenport sort of replaces Zadarius Smith a little bit. Um, DJ Wanham's still there as well. He was coming on all right last year, so... It, it ain't too bad. I don't expect it to be... The offence will still be very exciting. I'm not worried about the Dalvin Cook loss because we kind of need someone that's going to run the ball maybe 15 times a game as the lead, lead back um, where we're throwing so much. So I understand the Jordan Addison draft pick. And yeah, I think it, it, it's been okay. Yeah, I I think you're right. And in terms of Allison, I I really liked him coming out of the draft. Actually, albeit you know I don't watch it enough, but albeit from watching YouTube highlights, I actually liked him more than um, Smith and Jigma, if I'm honest. Watching him, his highlights, but um, in terms of Madison as well, of course, this goes to wide receivers as well. But you see a lot of times running backs and wide receivers they struggle to go from being a number two guy where there's less snaps and uh, less pressure on you and then to go from that to the first Juju Smith-Nusa is the most recent example of this where he struggled to go from number two to number one with the Steelers. Now with Madison now the lead back, he's done well as number two how do you see his season going in terms of do you, can you see him being like a Tony Pollard where he did excel going from two to one or is there any concern on your end that he may struggle to get be the number one back in his because the whole different expectation. How do you see his season going in terms of his new role as the as the lead running back of your team? So I think for a like backup, there probably wasn't many better than him in the league as a handcuff. And a couple of weeks, twice against Detroit, he went over 100 yards. Uh, I don't think it was last season. I think it was the year before when he played them. And he does have that in his game. Detroit was a very weak against running backs then. I don't think he's got that sort of metal to do it week in, week out. And he needs a lot of volume, a lot of carries. And we're not going to be doing that. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, they got um, D-Wayne McBride in late this year. He's okay. Um, Ty Chandler, they really liked when they drafted him last year. But there ain't really anyone in the backfield that has any capital that are going to be tied to him and think like, yeah, you're our guy. And I, I would expect to see it spread about a little bit as well. Um, it's a funny one because I do like him, but I just don't think we're going to be running the ball enough for him to be like uber effective, if you understand. Yeah, I think we've seen it with certainly with the Dolphins. This may change this year, but I know we've seen a lot of times the Bills as well in recent years where, they do go a lot of pass heavy. I mean, you, you rarely saw the Bills running backs run the ball. You barely really saw Dolphins running backs have too much success last year. So I think 
that's maybe what we see with the Vikings. When you got Jefferson, when you got KJ Osborne, and you've got Jordan Anson in three. I mean, you've got the best receiver in the game, and you've got one who's been a very capable backup or number three option until now, and then you've got one of the best wide receivers coming out of the draft. I, I there's no reason to throw to run the ball really when you got those three. But I also I think you will, but I don't think there's a need to have you know running back on a massive contract or have a lead running back when you've got such a good passing game. And it worked last year. You know, you, the offense wasn't your issue last year really. <coughs> down to your defense. So I think in that sense, I, I can see why maybe they have gone more pass heavy. But yeah, even getting to the playoffs, um, our defense they were like ranked third bottom in average points per game allowed. Kirk Cousins, he they set up the offense so well for his style and he delivered a lot. And um he was the right guy then. But it's almost like is the defense gonna change enough to make it uh more effective? Uh, well, of course, you've brought in Brian Flores as your offensive coordinator. Of course, a guy that I was still very much like as I head coach the Dolphins. I had a lot of time for that man, and he has come in. He's got a great defensive mind. He, um, we saw how much the Dolphins' defense declined after he left, um, and he comes into a defense that, whilst you middle of the road when it comes to rushing yards allowed, you were in the bottom two for both passing yards allowed per game and total yards allowed per game. So there's a clear issue there, and there's been a lot, as mentioned before, a lot of outgoings in the defense now. Obviously, Flores coming in has a great reputation as a, as a defensive coach. How do you see him adapting to your defense? And do you see him improving it? I mean, it's hard hard not to after last year, but how much do you think he can improve this defense going into this season? I'm not sure he has the personnel there to improve it that much. Um, he's a great defensive coach, um, a fantastic coordinator, and he, he won't be like last year where people knew how we was going to be playing when we was on defense and it just didn't work. Like we was very predictable. We was doing the same thing over and over again, even though it wasn't working. And it was almost like we couldn't change it. We couldn't snap out of it and all too much. And in the end we did get found out, but Flores ain't going to be like that. And he will have, um, a more positive way of coaching, I suppose. And it will just be great to see if we can be better than last year, really. With I personally don't think our defence is as good um, in terms of the players. But, yeah, it's a major upgrade in terms of the coordinator. Yeah, and during his time with ourselves at the Dolphins, we had a streak, I think it was over 20 games with... I think it was a defensive touchdown, or a defensive takeaway, one of the two. Um, so, you know, he did all this with, you know, he had some, you know, great players such as Xavier Howard. and But a lot of the players we had in defence weren't exactly stars. So I think, you know, the same thing with yourselves. I know you've got Harrison Smith still, but there are a lot of young names there, or a lot of no names, really. But I think, again, if you can make some of the players that we had in our defence perform like he did, I think you can do the same thing with the Vikings. I think that... If you can just be even go from being second bottom in the league for yards allowed to maybe the 15th or 16th best, I think that's a big improvement. That will really help ease pressure on the likes of Cousins to stop them needing to throw for 30 points, 40 points a game because you've got that defensive. Yeah. And I think that's really going to help because you know, we saw what happened against the Giants. I mean, 
30 odd points, I think. Was it 23 or 30 points he scored in that, in that loss? Kirk Cousins was having a, I think he had one of his stats will tell you otherwise, but I think he had one of his best seasons. He had a great connection with Justin Jefferson, and I think it was really the defense that let you down. So I think if you can get Flores uh, and the defense playing to at least a half decent level, I think that will just make a massive difference in terms of you winning the big games and winning these games um, down the stretch and all, all those kind of things. But Kirk Cousins, um, of course, he, I'm guessing you watched the Netflix documentary. Um, of course, he's a guy that has a lot of critics. You know, the, the big thing that's put on him is his primetime record, which I believe is just one win at the moment, maybe two wins. Uh, maybe the Colts win was on primetime. But um, yeah, he's not got the best rep in terms of winning the big game. But can you see him potentially answering his critics this season? I don't I don't see how he takes another step forward. I think he's playing at his sort of peak level, which is good in terms of stats and what he's doing, but it is still that deer in headlights moment. And I mentioned it last year when we was um previewing the Vikings and I think he'll be fine. He's got TJ Hawkinson there as his reliable outlet. Used to be feeling we brought in Hawk last year, fantastic um, in the short range. And he's obviously got Justin Jefferson. It depends who will be lining up um, opposite him. But when KJ Osborne has played, he has made an impact as well. And it won't be too different for Kirk Cousins. I think it will be very similar. I mean, he was, he was phenomenal last year. Will he even be as good as that? Um, in terms of the prime time, I think it's still a case of we need to see him do it. Yeah, I think that's the only way he's going to stop stop the the talk is if he goes out and does it. And I think that you know, I think certainly myself and I know a few others as well that are really behind it. Now, after watching him on quarterback, he has really won over a lot of people's hearts, and I think people know now what he goes through, how he prepares himself. I think you can see how he prepares himself. I think. People seem to really endear to him, and I'm guessing, I'm guessing you watched the documentary on Netflix as well. Yeah, he, he's the absolute um, perfect role model for anyone entering the league. I think how you don't have to be as sensible as him because he, you know, he is very, very sensible. He's a family man. He went home after the playoff loss and like put his kids to bed and things like that. And but how he carries himself and how he answers his critics. Like, um, I, I just, there's a lot more love for him now since that show, I think. And that's just his character that's shone through because, you know, he's not that guy that's posting all over social media and things like that. And yeah, I think he, he definitely got a few more fans from that. Yeah, and I'll be one of them, one of the ones cheering him on this year. Um, and, you know, I always say that the NFC team I want to do well the most is probably the Bears. But if I had to have another team, it probably would be the Vikings just because they could cousin. I think there's tons of players I want to do well in the NFL. I think he's, after watching one of that documentary, I'm definitely going to put him in my um, feed that I keep an eye on and really want to do well in, in 2023. And speaking of which, we are going to head to our final segment, which is going to be our win-loss tie section. Now, as for those listening who haven't watched this podcast before, we give every fan the chance to predict their team's record by going through each game and answering the win-loss tie answer. Now, Lewis, you came on last season 
The actual record uh-huh. was 13 and 4 for the Vikings in 2022. Do you remember what yours was at all from last year? Um, was it 11-6? Yeah, bang on 11-6. So you, yeah. you went too far away. You went too far away there. So, um, yeah, not too Yeah, far. not as um, optimistic enough, I don't think. <laughs> well, I'm not sure anyone had 13 wins. You guys getting, I think that was... Um, no, very that good was a really good year, yeah. yeah. Um, well, 2023 starts off in week one uh, at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Win, loss or tie? Um, I think we win. Okay. Um, number week, sorry, number, number two. Week two, um, you're on the road to the Philadelphia Eagles. Loss. Okay. And then week three is a, is a home game, uh, but this time it's against the LA Chargers. Loss. For week four, that is a road game in Carolina against the Panthers. I think the Panthers are going to be a lot more tricky than people make out. And I think it could be a very narrow loss or win either way. But I'll go for loss. I'll go for a bad start this year. <laughs> and how would you react if in that game, Adam Thieden was the one who scored the winning touchdown, for example? I wouldn't be surprised because he's an absolute uh, monster when you get down to the red zone. He's very good at beating a man. Yeah, and I think he will do well again as probably the the number one wideout in in Carolina. Unless I've forgotten someone completely, him and also obviously alongside rookie Mingo, I think he'll probably be the main guy to throw to Bryce Young. Uh, So it should be an exciting time for him as well. You have got a DJ chart down there as well. Oh, yeah. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe he'll get there. But, um, yeah, either way, I think it's um, nice for him to experience something different. I think he probably would have wanted to stay in the Vikings his whole career because of his whole story about how he got into the team and stuff like that. But, um, you know, that's the, that's the NFL's a business. And not many players yeah. can spend their whole careers at the same team. Even Tom Brady didn't do that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but week five, um, it gets a bit tougher. <laughs> uh, you're at home to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, loss. Okay. So week six, you're at Soldier Field uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. No, against the Bears. Yeah, that, that one's going to be a win. Okay. So then week seven, you're back at home. But this time, it's against the San Francisco 49ers. Ooh, they're, they're tough, but I think um, we might sneak that one. Okay, I, I mean, don't believe they're really as set at quarterback as they feel like they are. Well, of course, the news came, the news came out today, I think it was, if not yesterday, about Trey Lance. Uh, about he's now the third choice quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Darnold's beaten him to the backup role, but just watch it. And obviously, he's actually from Minnesota. And there's talk about, you know, Kyle Shanahan loves Kirk Cousins. And he wanted it before he moved to the to the Vikings at the 49ers. You know, Lance is a, I believe is a Minnesota native. Could you see that happening next year potentially? Maybe a a trade involved with because Kirk Cousins his contract ends this year and there's no option to franchise tag on his contract. Can you see that potentially happening if they want to move on from him in Minnesota? Maybe they do that and find a way to trade plus a few draft picks or a player. Do you think that could happen with that trade? It it would have to be in season, obviously, and um, it would depend how we're doing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true, because if you're looking at, or right now, your record's three and four, and that, you know, that whilst that's still early on, and you can still 
you know, have a five win stretch and, and make it a wildcard team or even win the division. Say if it gets to, I don't know, your week eight and your some some crazy reason you're one and six or oh and seven or something, then maybe then they, they might think, you know, we'll move on and go with someone else. But it's it's intriguing what's gonna happen there. And I just don't know what, what's gonna happen with Lance and whether he will ever actually become a starter anywhere now. Yeah, he's potentially um one of the biggest busts ever. Potentially. I mean, I feel sorry for him because it's not really his fault in a way. Um, you know, he wasn't well, he wasn't it's not his fault your draft's too high. Um, and you know, he's had a lot of injuries. Um, but I just think that the trade I think the trade we looked at more notoriously, I think, than the actual player being a bust, because I think mm-hmm. the decision to go from where they were to number three to go and get up and get him and for him to have played, you know, I was looking at I think it's Dorian Thomas Johnson, I think you say his name, the Browns has already played more minutes in the NFL than Trey Lance has in college and NFL combined or something like that. It's crazy. So it's um, just mad in three years how little he's played. And I don't think in college he played much either because of COVID. So really, he hasn't really been a regular star player since 2019. So it's just crazy, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so week eight, you're at Lambeau Field. You take on the Green Bay Packers. I think we'll win. Okay. And that is our next season preview podcast. I do keep my eye on that one. Uh, with Ash in the NFL, she'll be coming on to intrigue to see what her prediction is for the Packers after um, what's been an interesting off season. Um, week nine is a road game against the Atlanta Falcons. Win. Okay. So week ten is a home game against the New Orleans Saints. Again, I think it will be close. I think the Vikings and the Saints will be very similar this year, but um, we, we do all right against the Saints, so I'll go with a win because we're on a little bit of a roll now. You are, to be fair. Uh, but Week 11 is a tough game, I think, personally, on the road to the Denver Broncos. Yeah, it's always a hard place to go regardless, and... I can't see Russell Wilson being as bad as he was um, last season. Sean Payton is a fantastic coach as well. Um, I think they could have a really good year. So I'll I'll go with a loss on that one. Hey, so week 12 is a home game against the Bears. Okay. So week 13 is a bye week. So week 14 is a trip to Vegas as you take on the Raiders. Loss. Okay. So that means going into week 15, you are 7-6. and six. You should take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Loss. Okay. Um, week 16 is a home game against the Detroit Lions. At home, we'll win. Okay. And that is, for UK fans, that is at 6pm on Christmas Eve. So I don't know whether you'll be busy or not, Lewis, but will you try to watch that on Christmas Eve if you can? Um, it'll be on the telly somewhere. Whether or not I get to see too much of it is another story, but it will be on. Fantastic. Um, so, the, or week 17 is a game which is actually, for us, is actually technically New Year's Day. It's 7.20pm local time. So it'll be about, I believe that's the, the one twenty pm game. Um, technically New Year's Day on January the 1st. Is at home to the Green Bay Packers. Is it, 
I don't think the Packers will be all that. I think we'll win that one. Okay. So then, Week 18 is a road game against the Detroit Lions. Now, I think we lose that one because we would have already um, either secured or we'll be looking at winning the division by then. And I don't think Detroit are too bad this year. So, um, you are our... Adventures with a 9-8 and eight record. You are our 29th guest, our 28th team we've covered on this series. And you are currently our uh, joint 19th most optimistic fan. But there's only five fans who've had less less wins than you who've, who've come on to do their team's predictions. So uh, <laughs> not too optimistic compared to last year as well. Um, but, you know, I think you'd rather be like that and be like Tony, our Broncos fan, who had him finishing 11 wins last year. And they only got five, so it's um, yeah, it's good to be yeah. more conservative than it is to have your hopes up too much because that never, that never ends well, unless you're a Chiefs fan. Yeah, so I, I was um, really optimistic last season, and I thought eleven would have been about fair, really. Um, that indie comeback and the game in, against Buffalo was just ridiculous. So it could have been um, eleven wins anyway if they both, if we lost both of them, but. Um, I think it's going to be a difficult year. Yeah, I I actually think you're going to surprise some people. I think you could. I think you're being slightly disaffected purely because of the defense. I think there still is some good players in that defense. I think yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll be as bad as everyone's making out. Um, but I will save my predictions in full for when we do our overall season predictions with Luke and Steve, our third edition of it if I try and win for my second year in a row. But in the meantime, this is the end of the episode. But before we go, Lewis, you've done some great work recently for Five Yard Rush. Um, so what's there to look forward to in the next few weeks for those listening at home? Yeah, that's pretty much all I'm at now is uh, on Five Yard Rush. I've got a new job, new house. It's the six weeks holiday, so it's chaos here. But we're all right tonight. And um, yeah, find all my work on Five Yard Rush. I share anything I do on Twitter anyway. And um, at Elvin's one. So, yeah, hit me up. And please do if you want to get some good content from Lewis here. But in the meantime, this has been the Across the Pod NFL podcast, our Minnesota Vikings season preview. I've been your host, Andy. This has been Lewis. And we'll see you guys for our next season preview, which will be the Packers. See you then.